0: simple, uncomplicated trust. As we enter the second week of December, we draw nearer to the celebration of Christmas and the blessed birth of our Savior. Today, we're going to look at the story of Mary, the mother of Jesus. We're first introduced to her as she bustles about her usual household tasks when suddenly the angel of Gabriel appears to her with a marvelous greeting, favored woman, the Lord is with you. Gabriel is the same heavenly messenger that was sent to Zechariah, but the meeting met with very different results, although the news he offered was even more stupendous. First, he addressed her as favored, signifying in the Greek that she was receiving much grace from God for the role he had selected for her. And even Gabriel's words, the Lord is with you, is telling us she will bear Emmanuel, which means God with us. As Isaiah foretold, look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. What marvelous news. Yet, like Zechariah, Mary is disturbed at the appearance of this heavenly visitor, and he has to reassure her, don't be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. He repeats his reassurance that God's blessing rests upon her, and he's chosen her for a special purpose. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord will give him the throne of his ancestor, David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. That would definitely be a mouthful to take in, wouldn't it? Here was a simple peasant girl from a tiny Galilean village hearing that she would bear the long-awaited Messiah. She was indeed the virgin that Isaiah had foretold about hundreds of years before. Here was a young girl, perhaps as young as 13 or 14, learning that she was part of God's enormous plan to bring forth the Savior of the world. Raised in a Jewish household, she would have heard from infancy of the miraculous arrival of the Messiah, and it was the desire of every Jewish maiden to be the one highly favored for the role of his mother. Yet as the centuries passed and they slipped into the role of wife and mother, they had not seen it happen until now, until Mary, until God selected her for this task. Why her, you may have wondered. First, she was of the right lineage as Luke carefully traces the family line of Mary through to David, Jacob, and all the way back to Adam. And Matthew reviews Joseph's family line. Jesus' earthly but not biological father from David to Abraham, in order to fulfill the prophecy offered by Isaiah that a new branch bearing fruit from the old root would come through David's family. Yes, King David too heard this prophecy regarding his descendants. Your house and your kingdom will continue before me for all time, and your throne will be secure forever. Thus, it's no surprise that the angel Gabriel would tell Mary that her son would be given the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Or that Jesus would be addressed during his earthly ministry as the son of David. And even Jesus would question the Pharisees, what do you think of the Messiah? Whose son is he? And they would admit he is the son of David. Moreover, it's significant that Mary is engaged to Mary Joseph, whose family line of David requires them to travel to Bethlehem, just as she is about to give birth, birth, thus fulfilling the prophecy of Micah that the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem of Judea. But you, O Bethlehem of Ephrathah, are only a small village among all the people of Judah, yet a ruler of Israel will come from you, one whose origins are from the distant past. A reality that the wise men would discover when King Herod's leading priests would reveal the birthplace of the Messiah. Furthermore, Mary was from Nazareth, a small village in Galilee, and when the family returned there after their flight into Egypt, Matthew records that this fulfilled what the prophets had said, He will be called a Nazarene. As an area with a poor reputation, it was an insult to be cited as a Nazarene or a Galilean. It was important that Mary lack social prestige or wealth or come from an affluent city for her son Jesus would then be able to relate to farmers and fishermen and walk in humility despite his heavenly parentage. Finally, and most importantly, Mary was a virgin. Having never been with a man, as she points out to Gabriel when he proclaims, she will conceive and give birth to a son, an important part of the Messianic prophecy given by Isaiah. The virgin will conceive a child, she will give birth to a son, and will call him Emmanuel, a God, meaning God with us. Why is this so important? One, it signifies her innocence and confirms that the parentage of her child could only have been arranged by God himself. As Gabriel points out to her saying, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you so that the baby to be born will be holy and he will be called the Son of God. It's only through a virgin giving birth to a child that the sin nature which taints all who come through Adam could be averted, that the Messiah would be a sinless man as we read throughout the New Testament. And we read this in 2 Corinthians 5.21, for God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for our sins so that we could be made right with God through Christ. And the apostle Peter declares, it was the precious blood of Christ, the sinless, spotless Lamb of God that our ransom was paid. It was through this young woman of humble yet royal origin, a woman from an insignificant village awaiting her marriage to a carpenter, no less, a woman of innocence in both a godly and physical sense that our Savior would come. But through the pronouncement of Gabriel, we see something else about her that God knew to be there. Unlike Zachariah, who, despite all his spiritual training, doubted the words of God Gabriel brought to him, Mary simply trusted. She didn't make it complicated or second-guess Gabriel's declaration. She didn't respond in false humility when she was pronounced highly favored by God. Even though she asked a similar question, "How can this happen?" her heart wasn't blemished with the doubt of Zachariah. Bitterness hadn't seeped in to cause uncertainty in the goodness and greatness of God's character or his divine plans. Mm-hmm. Upon hearing the miracle of Elizabeth's long-awaited pregnancy and the forthright announcement, "Nothing is impossible with God." Her heart was settled she knew her god and knew what he was capable of doing knew that he who created the heavens and the earth could pluck a poor young girl from nazareth to be the mother of the messiah and so with a trusting willing heart she responded i am the lord's servant may everything you have said about me come true whatever god says to us this season may our answer be the same as Mary's. No matter how impossible it may seem, how unlikely it may be, may we answer, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. For such trust illustrates our faith, our conviction that God is true to his word and can fulfill all he has promised. With this trust brings a confident hope in a future that is safe and secure in the Father's hands. Thus, may we be like Mary and trust in the Lord with all our heart and lean not on our own understanding, seeking his will in all we do, knowing that he will show us the path to take. May our faith, may our trust be simple and uncomplicated, that we can say that we are the Lord's servant and that everything he's told us come true. God bless you, beloved. God bless you.